Hey guys, my name is PD and I hope you're doing awesome today. I'm so excited today. We're going to talk about Passover, uh, this amazing feast from God. And we're also going to talk about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is, well, I mean, it's so directly connected to Passover that we we're, we can't even think of skipping all of that. And it's it's there's such a goodness in there. And, um, and today I'm going to talk about these feasts and we're also going to talk about why it's important to talk about them because I think a lot of people think that they're old and not applicable anymore since Yeshua is our Passover lamb and he's already came but we're going to explore all of that and we're going to see what this was all about because I think there's a lot of misconception in Christianity about these feasts of the father and I hope today that with some scripture we're going to clear some of that out and and we most of all we're going to see what did Yeshua and his disciples do what did Jesus and his disciples do? Because I want to walk just as they walked. And I'm sure that's your heart too. Let's forget about th- tradition today. Let's forget about all of that stuff today. And let's see how did they walk, why they walked that way, and how to walk as they walked. Because that is what we have been called to do. The word says that whoever says that he abides in him, in Yeshua, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. In everything that he did, we need to walk. And so what we're going to do today is I'm going to walk you through Exodus 12, where really that's going to be our meat chapter, if I can say it that way, um, where we're really going to get most of our insights from and go from. But then while I'm reading through Exodus 12, we're going to dive into New Testament and all kinds of scriptures to connect all of this together so you can understand what, what, is, what is this all about. I just want to read a piece out of Genesis 1 verse 14. Now in Genesis 1, God says, give us, gives us a principle and this, he gives us a definition. Okay. And, and this different, and what I like to do always when I read the Bible is I want to, I want to use the Bible to interpret the Bible. I don't want to make up my own interpretations for certain words, because if we do that, we will be led astray. So in Genesis 1 verse 14, we read, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now, when I grew up and I read this and, uh, and, I, and I've been taught this, you know, that seasons is, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's spring and fall and all these things. But no, the seasons that God is talking about here, the Hebrew word for seasons actually Moedim. And Moedim means appointed times. Uh, gatherings, you know, coming together for the Father. In other words, I God is saying, I'm putting stars in the heavens, I'm putting signs, um, I'm putting lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and they shall be for signs and seasons for you. These are, like, in other words, when we look up into the sky, these things are there for us for seasons. Now, why does that, that doesn't make sense. Well, how does that apply to our life as believers? Now, you're going to see what I mean right now when we jump into Exodus. Right, Exodus 12, verse 1. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe and to Aaron in the land of Mitzrayim, saying, This new moon is the beginning of new moons for you. It is the first new moon of the year for you. Now, I just want to establish something. When we look at our Gregorian calendars, the, the calendar of the Western world, it's not the same calendar that God uses. God is not on our calendar. And what we need to do as believers and followers of Yeshua and of, and of our Father is we need to follow His calendar. We need to in- investigate how do we follow His calendar? Because 
his calendar is incredibly applicable to our lives. And if we want to follow him, he's not going to be working on our calendar. He's going to be working on his calendar and his feast days are the markers on his calendar. They mark the different appointed times on his calendar. And when we follow him, it is in, it's incredibly prophetic. When we follow his feast days, we get an incredibly prophetic few, uh, picture of the past, of the present, and even of the future. Because you may not even know this, but not even all of the feast days of the Father has been fulfilled yet. And so when we look at his calendar, we learn about what Yeshua and God did in the past. We learn about what he's doing right now in our lives. And we learn about what he is going to do in the future. All three of those are incredibly important to the life of every single believer. So now God is establishing the first month of his calendar right now. He's saying this new moon is the beginning of new moons for you. It's the first new moon of the year for you or, or of his year. And then he says in verse three, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th day of this new moon, each one of them is to take for himself a lamb. So the 10th day of, the, of his first month, each one takes himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the beings. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Let the lamb be a perfect one. Once again, we've, we've, we've talked about this in the previous portions, a year old male, take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now I want us to quickly jump to, to the new Testament in Luke 23, and we're, we're going to just jump to the place where they examined Yeshua. Because we just read about how they are to examine the, the lamb. On the 10th day, each one takes from a lamb. Uh, in, in other words, his lambs are examined and a perfect one is picked. Okay, and then in Luke 23, we read, they then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people said to them, you have brought this man to me, which is Yeshua, as one whom is leads the people. And indeed, having examined him, in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accused him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him. And indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. And so here we read in the New Testament how they examined Yeshua and they found no fault in him. They he was established to be a perfect one fitting for a sacrifice. And you shall keep it, the lamb, until the 14th day of the same month or new moon. Then all the assembly of the congregation of Israel shall slay it between the evenings. Now let's jump to back to the, the story of where Yeshua was slain. In John 19 verse 31, therefore, since it was the preparation day for the Sabbath, so just as a side note here, we need to understand the preparation day is the day right before the Sabbath. It's in other words, the, the, the sixth day of the week when we're talking about the normal Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath, because on the preparation day, you need to prepare, do all your work, do everything that you need to get done so that you can have a restful Sabbath. All right. And um, what we also know about, we should also know about Sabbaths is that there are things that we will, we call a high Sabbath. 
And a high Sabbath is appointed times of the Father. And, and these are specific Sabbaths that the Father would say, so this day would be a Sabbath for you. Like this feast day would be a Sabbath for you. And this can fall in the middle of a week even. This can fall any day. And this is a Sabbath apart from the weekly Sabbath. And it, it, the same things that we do on uh, don't do on the Sabbath, we wouldn't do on the weekly Sabbath either. So we would also rest and, and all of those things would apply. Right, just want to put that out there for, as a side note for you guys. Therefore, since it was the preparation day that the body should not remain on the stake on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high one. The Jews asked Pilate to have their legs broken so they'd be taken away. So they asked that Yeshua be taken down from his doorpost from his from the stake from the from the cross uh, from the tree they asked that Yeshua be taken down and because it was the high Sabbath so what high Sabbath was this this was the first day of the feast of unleavened bread and we're going to dig into that now but we'll we're going to read that the first and the seventh day of the festival of unleavened bread is a high Sabbath now I want to show you guys how the disciples kept this festival because I know a lot of my viewers a lot of people they, they they're not really on board with the idea that we should still be keeping the festivals of God now as I said in the beginning I'm not interested and I'm sure you're also not interested in tradition anymore we want to know what the truth is we want to know what did the disciples do and what did Yeshua do? Now, what are we supposed to do? Because that's all that matters, right? So in Mark 16, verse 1, we read about this. We say, he says, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome bought spices so they might go up and anoint him. So Mary, who, who she was a disciple of Christ and she kept this Sabbath of the festival of unleavened bread, even when after Yeshua was offered she kept this festival because in observance of the festival she was keeping this high sabbath even to the point of not going to anoint the lord's body because she was so obedient to the sabbath that she would not even go to anoint the lord's body so she was lifting this festival even above this responsibility at the point because she understood that the obedience to this festival is obedience to the messiah because he is God and God is the one who gave us the festival in the first place. Exodus 12 verse 6. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same new moon. Then all the assembly of the congregation of Israel shall slay it between the evenings. And shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. Now I want to ask you this question. Who is the door? You see here, they slayed the lamb, they put the, the blood on the doorpost. And so now my question is to you, who is the door? Yeshua is the door. And the same way that they put it on their doorpost and the, and the death came. Death came and approached their doors. And when death came to and, he, and it saw the blood on the doors, death passed over. And in the same way, when we have the blood of Yeshua on our doorposts, on the doorposts of our hearts, even when death comes, death passes over us. Death comes and you see death approaches every single person on this earth. Death will come one day and knock on every single door of every single person on this that ever lives. And death will 
discern is the blood of the sacrifice on the door. And if the blood of the sacrifice is not on the door, death will have free pass, free reign to enter the door. And death will have his way inside the house. But see, if, if death comes and approaches the door and, and he sees that, that the blood of the Messiah is on the door, he turns around and he passes over. And see, this is the picture of God. When we say that Yeshua has overcame death, Yeshua is, has taken, has freed us from the law of sin and death, from the law that says that if you sin, the consequence of that sin is death. Yeshua has freed us from that when we put the door, the blood on our doorposts. And they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted and far with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted and far its heat with its legs and its inward parts. And do not leave of it until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you are to burn with fire. And this is how you eat it. Your loins girded, your sands on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Passover of Yahweh. And I shall pass through the land of Mitzrayim on that night or Egypt on that night and shall strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast and all, and all the mighty ones of Mitzrayim. I shall execute judgment. I am Yahweh. And the blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I shall pass over you and let the plague or the curse of sin and death, not come on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And this day shall become to you a memorial or a remembrance. And you shall celebrate it as a festival to Yahweh throughout your generation. Celebrate it as a festival and everlasting law. Now, I want to clear something up, a big misunderstanding in the body of Christ. And in the previous portions that we've been doing, we've been talking about sacrifices. We've been talking about sin offerings and guilt offerings and grain offerings and all of these offerings that were for the remission of sins. All right. For, uh, but now this, this portion, this, this part that we're talking about today in Exodus, this Passover lamb that we are talking about is a memorial. It is, he says, and this day shall become to a remembrance. So there is a difference. This is not a sacrifice that we do that they had to do every year. This is a memorial. It's a festival. And so this is a custom, a part of the festival. And this part of the festival is not to put sin on a lamb. All right. It's not about that. It is as a picture of the Messiah, a remembrance, a memorial of the Messiah. And he says, and you shall celebrate it as a festival to Yahweh throughout your generation. Celebrate as a festival and everlasting law. And the Hebrew word that we use there, that's been used there for everlasting is forever. It means forever until the earth passes away, until everything is finished forever. This is to be a festival that's to be kept throughout your generations. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. 
Indeed, in the first day you shall cause leaven to cease from your houses. For whoever eats unleavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that being shall be cut off from Israel. And on the first day is a set apart gathering, like a, a congregational gathering. And on the seventh day, you shall have a seventh set apart gathering. So the first and the seventh day, no work at all is done on them. So these are high Sabbaths. Like I said previously, with the first and the seventh day, they are high Sabbaths. All right. No work at all is done on them. Only that which is eaten by every being that alone is prepared by you. And you shall guard the festival of Matzot or unleavened bread. You shall guard it. Not, not just, he says, guard it. As a, a guard in front of a house, you shall guard this festival. You shall be sure that you are obedient and that you keep it. This is what the Lord is saying. For on this same day I brought your divisions out of the land of Egypt, and you shall guard this day throughout your generations an everlasting law. Yet again, he's saying it. And you see a lot of people say, oh, but you know, that, that's for the Jews because God brought them out of Egypt. First off, there were 12 tribes of Israel and the Jews were only two of those tribes, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. Those are the only two tribes that the Jews are a part of. Right. And so the rest of it, it's the rest of the tribes have been scattered. And furthermore, it doesn't even matter because we are grafted into Israel. So what God gives Israel, we are Israel and we are obedient to it. And see, when they left Egypt, what happened is they didn't have time to gather their um, leavened bread. So they just grabbed bread that was, it wasn't leavened yet. It was just like unleavened. They grabbed it, they went. And as they left uh, Egypt, as Pharaoh t allowed them to leave, he, they left in haste. They left quickly. And see, and today, this is all a picture of our lives. The Father calls us out of Egypt. In this festival, he is calling us out of Egypt. He's calling us into a place. He's saying, listen, you have been in Egypt and now I'm calling you out. You will not have leaven with you. You will remove the leaven from your houses. And this is to be a festival throughout your generations, a memorial that you will keep in remembrance and you will do it over. You will say you will remove the leaven from your houses. You will remove this sin from your houses because leaven represents sin. And he's saying, you remove all of the leaven from your houses, all of the pride you will remove from your houses on this seven day feast, this seven day feast that is right after that, that is, that is continuous from Passover. We have Passover and then the seven day feast of unleavened bread. In that seven days, you will remove all leaven from your houses. You will only eat unleavened bread. And let me submit to you that the, one of the reasons that Father gave us to give this to us is that every single time we eat the unleavened bread, you will. This is a big change in our diet for a week. Instead of eating the normal bread we eat every week, we eat unleavened bread. And when we eat unleavened bread, there is a remembrance. There is a. It is a memorial. It is a. I remember that the Father is calling me back. To his instructions. He's calling me out of the land of Egypt, out of the traditions and doctrines of what I had, of what I might, maybe the doctrines and traditions of the world, of paganism, of, of uh, tradition, of even maybe traditions of religion that has no part in the Father's um, instruction. 
Maybe it's traditions that actually take away from the Father's instructions, just like the leaven of the Pharisees. Because the leaven of the Pharisees, the instructions of the Pharisees were um, taking away from the instructions of God. Because they had all of these extra rules around the Sabbath, around the washing of hands, around circumcision, as it connected circumcision with salvation. All of these things was the leaven of the Pharisees. And so they, um, so God is calling us out of all that tradition, all of that stuff. And he's calling back to the purity of the world word in this seven day festival and getting sin out of our home in this seven day festival. Every single time you eat the unleavened bread, you're reminded I am today, this week, this week, I'm putting my foot down and this week we're getting rid of all of the sin. Everything that the Messiah died for me to be free from, I will indeed be free from. Because get this guys, the Messiah is put on, it died on the Passover. He is the, our Passover lamb and he's put in the grave on the festival of unleavened bread. In the first month, on the 14th day of the new moon, in the evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the new moon in the evening. For that's seven days. For seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. For if anyone eat what is leavened, that same being shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, where the sojourner or native of the land. Do not eat that which is leavened. In all your dwellings, you'll eat unleavened bread. So remember the last portion we talked about repet repetition. Again, we're reading here in verse 19. For seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. Verse 20. Do not eat that which is leavened. In all of your dwellings, you are to eat unleavened bread. So the father, again, he is not being redundant. He's repeating himself because he is stressing the importance of his heart. He's saying, listen, guys, I want you to keep this festival for me. I want you to get the leaven out of your homes, out of. And, and, and he's, 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 he really wants us to get free from sin. Now, what is leaven? Let's just talk about leaven a bit more. And, and leaven is um, in Hebrew. It's in the Strong's Concordance 07604. This word, it's, it's such a beautiful word as it means to leave behind. And, and it's, it's synonymous with leaving behind our sins. When they exited Egypt, they had to leave all of their traditions, all of their pagan ways. All of the, they had to leave all that behind in the same way we are leaving to behind our sins. Matthew 16, verse 6, he says, And Yeshua said to them, Mind and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And see again, as I mentioned about, I mentioned this and, and see they had all of these things. And, and one of the big issues with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what they had is pride. They, they, you could they were the kind of people that Yeshua, they, Yeshua would tell them whatever they needed to hear to come to repentance and come to the knowledge of the truth. But whatever Yeshua told them was never enough. There was always an issue. And the issue was not Yeshua's theology and his ways or how Yeshua walked out. The issue was their heart and their pride. And in the same way, I want to submit to you that this festival, this instruction, this, the instructions of the Father, and, and, and what I'm actually saying is walking as Yeshua, because Yeshua is the instructions of the Father made flesh. So walking as Yeshua, you will never be able to walk as Yeshua if you have pride. And what I mean by that is you will never be able to adopt the instructions of the Father. Humble yourself. 
be able to admit that I had leaven in my life. I had traditions in my life. I had beliefs in my life. That's not true. I had um, pride, which has been keeping me from walking as you should. And today, Father, I come and I give you. I humble myself and I say, Lord, come and show me the truth. If we do not come to that place, like the Pharisees, I never came to that place. No matter how many miracles is done, no matter how much is said, if that religion, religiousness, uh, that that pride is is keeping us back, we will never, t- never be able to walk in that. And see, we have this pride in both groups of Christianity, in both the spirit group, where the group of where everyone is doing the miracles and walking in the the fruit of the spirit, and we also have that in the group, the the truth group, if you want, of Christianity, or the the part of Christianity, or the followers of Yeshua who keep all the commandments and keep all that stuff, but they're not walking in the spirit. Yeshua is calling us back to both spirit and truth, so we can walk in the spirit, in power and love and the fruit of the spirit, but also walk in the truth, walk in the instructions of the Father, be obedient to His instructions, keep His festivals, keep His instructions. One Corinthians five, Paul speaks about the living as well. He says, "Your boasting is not good. Your boasting is not good." Again, we're talking about pride here. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the entire lump? Therefore, cleanse out the old leaven so that you are a new lump, as you are unleavened. For also Messiah, our Passover, was offered for us. So then let us observe the festival. Not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of evil and wickedness, but the unleavened bread of insincerity and truth. And see here, Paul is instructing us, even in the New Testament, Paul is saying, so let us keep the festival of unleavened bread, not with the old leaven of wickedness and evil and pride and boasting. He's connecting with the boasting of the people he's writing this letter to. He's saying your boasting is not good. Stop boasting and start submitting to the instructions of the Father. Start humbling yourself, admitting that you are wrong and keep the festival of Yeshua, the festival of Passover and unleavened bread so that you can get all of the leaven out of yourself, out of your houses, so that you can walk and only participate in the unleavened See, the eating and the partaking of the body of Messiah that has no sin in it. See, eating and partaking in the body of Messiah, because he is the bread. Eating and partaking in that without sin. We cannot participate in his body while being in habitual sin. Again, we're going to touch on Paul and help because I know a lot of people would say, you know, Paul didn't keep these festivals and so I will not do it anyway. Let's, let's make sure about that in the New Testament. He says, And when they asked him to slay a longer t- stay a longer time with them, he declined but took leave of them, saying, I have to keep this coming festival in Jerusalem by all means, but I shall come back to you, God desiring so. And he sailed from Ephesus. So Paul is actually visiting these people that he is discipling, and, he's tell- and they're telling him, uh, Paul, Paul, can't you just stay with us a little bit longer because we need your teaching? And he says, no, I can't, guys. I must by all means keep this coming festival in Jerusalem. By all means. Now I want to ask you, are you by all means keeping Yeshua's festival, God's festival? Are you by all means keeping it? 
Or are you saying, I don't need to keep it anymore? Because see, you, Paul, he could have been like, hey, I'm not going to keep it. It's not that important. You know, I can maybe I can skip it this year. You know, whatever. It's not that. No, Paul's by all means keeping this verse. And then and, and Yeshua as well. And Luke, we read Luke 8, 22, verse 15 to 16. He says, with fervent desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Yeshua is talking about the Passover, that the, the last supper, if you will, the, the last one that he had with his disciples. I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He said, so guys, he's actually saying, Yeshua is actually saying that this festival will be happening in the kingdom of God when, when he comes back and he and we, and the kingdom of God, he, he is saying that we will be participating in the Passover festival with us again when he comes back. So if the Passover festival is abolished, why would God be keeping it? Why would Yeshua be keeping it? There's no way that he would be keeping it if it's abolished. Because see, he understands, Yeshua understands that the, when he said this, he understood that this is a memorial, it's a remembrance. It's not, doesn't try to be what Yeshua was, doesn't try to be the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb that is sacrificed doesn't even try to be what Yeshua did. It merely points to what Yeshua did. It merely shows us in remembrance and memorial, this is what Yeshua did. And it's not, it celebrates that. It doesn't take away from it at all. It is simply a festival, a celebration, a memorial, a remembrance, a custom to bring a remembrance. Wow, guys, how awesome is it that the Father gives us a festival in remembrance of Yeshua? Because we forget and we forget these things that we're talking about today. We are not when we are not when we don't enter this festival of unleavened bread, where we get the sin of out of our homes, out of our life, then we will get stuck in this mentality of you know the Satan is gonna come with this lie, and Yeshua knows this, and God knows this, and that's why he gave us this festival. And so he knows that Satan is gonna come with this lie of saying, you know what, this sin it's not that bad. That sin is not that bad. You know, you don't have to worry about this one, that one too much. You know, did God really say that this sin is an abomination to him? See, this festival is, is, a, is a reminder of all of this. So we can really have introspection in this week. This week needs to be a week of introspection for you. Where you go and you search yourself. You search really deeply and you're like, Father, what is it? Where is it? Where is it? Show me deep in my heart. Show me deep. Getting on your knees, on your face, humbling. Lord, what is it? Where is it? Where is that? Where is the living in my life? Where is the, where is the pride? Lord, take that pride from me. Lord, take that living from me. Take this sin from me. Take this addiction from me. It's over. Lord, I thank you. I give this to you. And now I'm saying today, once and for all, it is over. I'm done with this sin. I proclaim it on this year at the Festival of Unleavened Bread. And that is what the, the Father is desiring from us in this week at this festival today. Matthew 26, verse 17. And on the first day of Unleavened Bread, the toward once came to Yahweh, saying to him, Where do you wish us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said to them, Go into the city to a certain man 
and said to them, The teacher says, My time is near. I am to observe the Passover at your house with my taught ones. Yeshua, if the Passover was abolished by his sacrifice, if this festival was abolished, when they came to him, they said, Lord, where should we prepare the Passover festival for you, for us? Where, where should we go and keep the... Because they've been keeping the Passover every single year. The disciples, are not, they're not new to this. They know about this festival very well. And they're uh, like every year, they're saying, like, Lord, where, where will we celebrate this this year? And he does not go, come and say, oh, but this year we're not going to celebrate it because I am the Passover. He doesn't say that. He says, go, I am to observe the Passover at your house with my told ones. That is what they are to say to the man pre preparing the house. And the told ones did as Yeshua had ordered them and prepared the Passover. And when evening came, he sat down with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you shall deliver me up. Now, let me ask you this question. What were they eating? They were eating the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb which they've been preparing for each other, they were eating. And see, this again, this is not a sacrifice. This is a memorial. This is remembrance. Yeshua would not need to make a sacrifice because he has no sin. All right? They're participating in the Passover meal because they're doing it in remembrance and as a memorial as to what is going to happen. It's pointing to the, the picture of Yeshua. And as they were eating, in verse 26, uh, Yeshua took bread. And having blessed, broke gave, and gave it to the taught ones and said, Take, eat this, this is my body. So see, when they were eating before, they were eating the Passover lamb because they, he had not broken the, broken the bread yet. And um, he says, Eat, take, eat, this is my body. And taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood, that of the renewed covenant, that which is shed for many, for the forgiveness of sins. So this is this this custom that that the Lord gives us. This He say, He's giving us this um, the 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 wine and the bread. It is not a replacement. See, He did not replace the Passover lamb with this. He did not replace the the customs that the Father gave us in the beginning. He simply added and He said, "Do this in remembrance of Me." And he, he added the custom of the, what we call communion, the bread and the wine. Because right here, he, they participated in the Passover lamb and they participated in the bread and the wine. It was both. It wasn't the one wasn't replacing the next because Yeshua was doing both at the same table. And see all of this, all of this with Yeshua participating in this, in this you know, we, we, read, we read about Yeshua participating at, with, with the Passover and he's actually keeping the Passover just as God instructed. And furthermore, he said that in, in Luke, we read that he said that he's going to participate in the Passover and then he's not going to participate again until he comes back and uh, it's fulfilled in the new kingdom. And see, all of this, it's no surprise, guys. All of this that I'm saying, is, it's no surprise. It's not supposed to be weird because in Matthew 5, 17, Yeshua, he, re, he, he says, he says this very important passage and he says, do not think that I came to destroy the Torah or the prophets or what, in other words, what my father gave you in the beginning. I did not come to destroy 
but to complete it or fill, fulfill it. And now a lot of people say, oh, yes, he fulfilled it, so I don't need to do it anymore. He did it, so I don't need to do it anymore. Guys, what that word is, is pleru, fulfilled. It means to fill up. It means to, in other words, you have a glass, it's halfway full, right? Imagine you've got a glass, it's halfway full. And now you fill it to the brim. It's not a glass and you throw out all the water. It's a glass that you've got it halfway full. Imagine you've got a glass and that's the Old Testament, what you would call, you know, the word, the Torah and the prophets. It's halfway full. And Yeshua came and he came to make it full. He came to fill it up, to fulfill it, to give it fullness of meaning. He came to, to give, us, give us more revelation on that first part. Not destroy it, not do it away, not do it so you don't have to, but to walk it out. And then he says, walk as I walk. And Paul walks it out. As we read, Paul says, I will by all means keep this feast coming in Jerusalem. And then he says, by all means, you need to follow me. Do as I do. Walk as I walk. Paul says, walk as I walk. Yeshua says, walk as I walk. And now we need to walk as I walk. It's simple, guys. If we're endowed, we look to the perfect theology of Yeshua and we walk as he walks. It's not hard. And he, he continues in Matthew and he says, For truly I say to you, till heaven and earth passes away. And it's funny because we re- in Luke we, we read, in Luke we read that Yeshua says that when, the king, when this is fulfilled in the kingdom, he will partake in the Passover with us again. And here it's confirmed. He says, till heaven and earth passes away, not one jot or no tittle shall by no means pass from the Torah till all be done. Whoever then breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the reign of the heavens. Whatever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the reign of the heavens. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the reign of the heavens. Unless your righteousness exceeds that leaven, if I may add, of the scribes and the Pharisees, the leaven, the pride, the, the puffed upness, the puffed up leavenness, <laughs> if that makes sense. If, if, you, if your righteousness does not exceed them, if you do not humble yourself, in other words, keep this feast. If you do not humble yourself, keep this feast, get the sinner of your life. Be righteous before the Father. If it says here in Matthew that if you do not do that, you shall by no means enter the reign of the heavens. And so for a moment, I just like to connect this part as the, as we're ending this off um, with end times prophecy for a second. Um, and this, what we're going to read in Zechariah 14 verse 16 right now, it is the, the, what happens in the way end, way end. We're talking about the way end right now. Okay. And it shall be that all who are left from all the nations, which came up against Jerusalem, everyone who is left, who came up in Jerusalem, Right, shall go up from year to year to bow themselves to the sovereign Yahweh of hosts and to celebrate the festival of Sukkot or booths. And it shall be that if anyone on the clans of the earth does not come up to Jerusalem to bow himself to the sovereign Lord of hosts for this festival of Sukkot, on them there is to be no rain. Notice how he says here, he's not so saying that if any Jew does not come to celebrate the festival of Sukkot. No, if any nation, if any clan does not come 
to celebrate the festival of Sukkot and bow down before God. Why? Because the festival of Sukkot, again, it points to God. We will get to that festival. But I'm just making an, an, an example of this festival so you can understand that the festivals of God are not abolished. And even at the end, when, when all is fulfilled, if you will, when, when God is back, when Yeshua is back, and we are coming and bowing before Him in Jerusalem, we are expected to celebrate this festival. And He even says that if we do not celebrate this festival, this nation, the nations who don't, the clans who don't, there won't be any rain for them. They will have a curse on them. So guys, I want to submit to you, let's start, let's start getting ready for that time. You don't want to get to the festival of Sukkot at the end of the age with, the, with Yeshua and go and celebrate it in Jerusalem when He's back and have no idea what the festival of Sukkot or Passover or, 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 or trumpets or any of those festivals are about. It's going to be bad if we get there with Him and we, we're, we want to be at His table, but we don't even know what the festival is about. I want to submit to you that those who will be great in the kingdom of heaven, those who will be participating at his table, who will be sitting with him, because we read in Matthew 5, 17, there will be a greatest who keep the Torah and the prophets and teaches others. So, and there will be a least who don't keep the Torah and the prophets and teach others. So, and I want to submit to you the least who don't teach and know the, the Torah and the prophets, they will not know the festivals of God. And if you do not know the festivals of God, how will you able to participate when Yeshua has come back? And I'll submit to you that you will be least in the kingdom because you will not only those who, who are highest will dine with him. Only those who are greatest in the kingdom will dine with him because there's not going to be a thing where everyone's on the same level. There will be a least and a greatest. And so let's start practicing. Let's start. Guys, we I don't I don't claim to understand the festival of Passover completely. And. We, in fact, we cannot keep it perfectly in the state of the world we're in right now, because ideally we need to go to Jerusalem to do it and, and all of that. But we can't. But that doesn't mean that we won't try. That doesn't mean we shouldn't start rehearsing. You know, the festivals are like a rehearsal. And that's why I'm so excited to do these with you this year. And I hope that you stick with me with the festival uh, teachings that I'm going to be doing, because you're going to see that all of the festivals is pointing to him. Some of it even points to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Some of it points to the coming of, of God coming back, you know. And so if we know the festivals, we will be able to understand God better. We will be able to be prepared for the day he comes back. Because when he comes back, he's coming back for a bride that he expects to understand his appointed times. And his appointed times was given in Genesis with the seasons. In Genesis, not with the law, not with none of that. In Genesis, God gave his appointed times when he gave us creation. So let us come and keep this feast by all means. I will say, as Paul said, by all means, let us keep this coming festivals in Jerusalem. For, the, for God is desiring a bride that is spotless, a bride with no leaven. No pride, a bride that keeps the festival. And so in these seven days of the festival of unleavened bread, get the leaven out of your homes. Physically, take all the leaven and get it out of your homes and eat unleavened bread. And it will be a reminder and remembrance and a memorial to you of what Yeshua has done for you. Because he, has, he died 
on the day of Passover. You see, when he died on Passover physically and that t at the, the day of his death, the whole of Jerusalem was coming together for the festival of Passover. And when he was put in the grave, it was the festival of unleavened bread right after that. And see, when he was being put in the grave, the whole of Jerusalem at the time was busy getting the leaven out of their homes, getting the sinner out of their homes, getting the pride out of their homes. How beautiful is it that God chose at that specific time to, to send well, to come in the flesh and to die and be put in the grave. He was put in the grave at the time of the festival of unleavened bread. So let this festival be a memorial and remembrance to that. All right, guys. I hope this blessed you um, and uh, I hope this gives you a glimpse of this festival. There is so much more that is to be said about this festival. But in this video, this teaching, I just wanted to lay the groundwork. And, you know, every year when we do these, we're going to see that we're going to learn more every year. I, I encourage you to keep going to doing in the Torah portions every year because you'll see that even me, like I, I don't I know so little actually about the Torah and and every year I read it and I discover amazing new things and new revelations when I keep these festivals and, and all of these things. So I encourage you to, to come and let's let's return to this man. Let's let's get rid of all of the traditions of Easter, all of the stuff that has got nothing to do with the Bible, nothing to do with God. We shouldn't even have time for those things or we, we don't we, we we're already behind enough that we don't understand these festivals of God. Let's focus right now on getting the festivals of God down. And let's just forget about all of the Easter stuff, all of the bunnies and all the rabbits and all the pagan traditions, which have no place in the life of a believer. God is calling us back to the original instructions that we just read through. All right, guys, may God bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you, give you strength and blessing. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, so much for this day, Lord. Father, right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and fill everyone listening to this, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a great deal of revelation and death and understanding so much more than we just even spoke about in this coming week of Unleavened Bread, Lord. I'm so excited about what you're going to reveal to me and to everyone, Lord, in this festival. I'm so excited to get the leaven out of my home, Lord. And so we're so excited, Father, for your Holy Spirit to come and point out the leaven in the deep places of our homes, behind the cupboards, the deep places of our hearts, the sin in our hearts, the pride in our hearts, getting all of that out, Father. We are so excited, Lord, for you to come and show us all of that. So when, so when, you're, when you come, Lord, so we would be ready for you, Lord. When you come, Lord, that we as your bride would be ready for you, Father. And Lord, so we give all of this to you, Lord, and we trust in you to, to come and purify us, Lord. Lord, we praise you. We praise you for the sacrifice and offering of your son. We thank you that this festival points to him. And Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen our love for your instructions when we keep it. Lord, we spoke about, Lord, what is self-evident last year. Lord, and this festival, it's not always self-evident what everything is about. But Lord, we trust that as we keep it, that we will learn so much about why you told us to keep it in this way. And Father, I pray for your love to endure forever, Lord. And I pray all this in the name of Yeshua, Messiah, Amen. Alright guys, thank you so much for sticking with me in these portions. Please let me know if these portions blessed you. Um, it really encourages me to continue on, and because uh, it, it does take a lot of time. And and I'm, and, I'm, and please pray for me as well, because um, the enemy has definitely been trying to try and get to me <laughs> while I was preparing for this, and uh, trying to get me down. So 
um, I really hope that this this blesses encourages you and I'll see you in the next video please subscribe to this YouTube channel subscribe to this podcast if you're listening on iTunes God bless you